For episode 33, I chat with one of the most recognizable people in the VFriends community, the brave bison himself, Mr. Josh Courage. Josh is an OG holder of the bison, and this past year he paved his way into becoming one of the pillars of the VFriends cards community by greenlighting his own Twitch stream he calls The Courage Show. The stream, which began as a place to highlight VFriends community members and showcase all that you can do with VFriends cards, quickly became a hub of the community. The full-time dad and fitness coach and I get super deep in this episode as we chat about the emotional needs of the youth and how we think VFriends could fill that void, why he chose the Bison, how impactful the VFriends cards have been for the community at large, the VFit movement, and so much more. I had an absolute blast chatting with Josh and getting to know him better. Um, he is a super amazing dude, as you probably know, uh, if you have ever communicated with him. And um, yeah, let's dive in. I understand what people may think, but listen, Discord is unbelievable. Again, back to the community I built, it's just kind. It's, you know, it's nice, it's thoughtful. Tons of moves, learning, unbelievable OGs coming in and helping. And that is a game changer. Our grandparents did not have this. That to me excites me. I mean, I've spent the last 12 years building Gary Vee. I want this to be my Harry Potter, my Pokemon, my Smurfs. Like, this is a very big ambition for me. I will spend the rest of my life building this intellectual property. You are now listening to the V-Fan Sessions Podcast with your host, Mr. Messer. Oh yeah. Subscribe. Like. Uh, VFAM, welcome back. I am here, uh, super excited to be here with the one and only uh, health and fitness coach, dad, Brave Bison, uh, host of the Courage Show and one of the pillars of our, our CNC card community here, uh, Mr. Josh Courage. Welcome to the VFAM sessions. How are you, brother? I'm doing great. Happy to be here, Rob. Like, it's just, you, you guys have established yourself as pillars as well you know it's 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 kind of neat how this community has evolved and keeps sort of like shifting and and growing and i feel like just in the past i mean you guys have been doing this and spaces for a while but i feel like just in the past like i don't know month or six weeks the messer family seems to be kind of blossoming a little bit within the v friends community it's pretty cool I, i i i appreciate that yeah it's it's ebbs and flows seasons like you know, I don't, I don't have to tell you if you have a, a full-time job, family, like yeah. there's just seasons. Um, but, you know, you and and Tom, and we'll get into all this, but all, all the excitement around the cards um, has really just kind of given another another push of momentum for, for everything that I'm doing. So, you know, thank you for all the, the positive energy and, and momentum you're injecting. Um, so much to talk about, but before, before we do that, let's, let's head back to the beginning. Can you give us a, just a 55 second, uh, overview background of, of who Josh is pre NFTs before he even knew what V friends was 55 seconds. My goodness. Um, strength, task, I know. strength, strength and conditioning coach. That was it, it. It health and fitness has been my passion for a very long time and continues to be my, my main passion. Um, so that's what I was doing. I was doing that. I was being a dad. Um, 
super lucky to, and, and well, not lucky. I, I've worked my ass off to be able to have a career that allows me basically to be a stay-at-home dad and to still, you know, make great money and do the thing that I love to do. And, and was, I, I worked my ass off since I was 22, starting the whole business um, to get to where I am today. But that's that's what I was doing. So training, um, coaching, uh, program design for health and fitness, nutrition, mindset work, um, and then spending time with my kids. That's, that's, that was my life before V friends and still is mostly my life before V uh, now currently with V friends. So, but that's, that's what it's been. That's what it's been just embedded in that stuff like crazy. A lot of hobbies too, but mostly that. Uh, on that, I, and there's so many rabbit holes I can go with you, um, just because there's just so much overlap, but in terms of coaching, I, do you have a, a sweet spot, something that you like to work on with, with clients, like physical versus mindset work, or or is it just kind of to each it, his own for, for uh, individual clients? It really depends on the person. So so I've been doing this, you know, I've been coaching for 20 plus years and, I, you know, it's evolved so much, right? I started off in like a big global gym. I moved to a more sort of private do your thing gym where I was, I had more freedom to do what I wanted to do. And that's where Courage Performance, which was my sort of first company started kind of blossomed then i did my own thing in my own space and then opened up multiple two separate gyms one in the east coast one in the west coast i was living in the west coast um and now it's purely online so so when i had my gyms i was coaching from you know young kids i had like a kids class with like 12 year olds 13 year olds 14 year olds stuff like that even some nine and ten year olds to you know i think my oldest client was an 84 year old that i coached so like that, it was super, super massive demographic of all these people that I, that I trained. Now it's predominant for the past three years since the pandemic. And I moved, I closed my gyms. I sold them. I shut everything down. Everything's online. Now I probably coach high school athletes. So, so that's shifted some of the focus, but still in the end, it, it's client by client. you know? So some people need a lot more, um, a lot more motivation or mindset or approach or, you know, there's, there's a lot of these younger guys who are just filled with anxiety at 16, 17 year old, 17 years old. And kind of working through that with them is, is a huge aspect of our, our training. Others, you know, they're really good up here and, and they just, they just push and, and want that physicality and, and we're working small little, you know, mechanical adjustments and things like that. So it just depends the person, but I do, if you follow me on Twitter at all and listen to the stuff I rant on, I am very much in here. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. that's, sure. I just think, I just think that's no matter who you are, that's, that's where everything starts and, and ends. So. Uh, it, it's so funny. You mentioned the high school. So I, I have done a lot of uh, high school coaching with, with tennis and I probably got my first, I had my first varsity job probably in 09. And my most recent one was last year. And just the, the difference in mindset and just what their priorities are. Yeah. And just those 10 years is, is a world of difference. Yeah. Um, just this, this last year, you know, the, the sports and everything is the last thing on their mind, even when they're playing the sport for yeah. so many of them, uh, because they're worried about the school, the grades and everything. And it's just so funny when you listen to Gary and just how little that makes sense, but their just lack of perspective and their inability to enjoy the moment. Um, forget winning and losing, forget performing, just like the ability, the inability to enjoy the moment, making friends, all of it. Um, I just, I just have a lot of uh, sadness a lot for them Yeah, because I, uh, it, you I can only do that. so much with them in, in a short, you know, eight, 10 week season. Yeah. I share that. It's, 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 
honestly, some of, some of the <laughs> most challenging sort of psychological stuff that I deal with personally, and what actually sort of drives me and just like to just sort of deep thought and stuff like that a lot of the times is is my my sympathy for some of these younger people and the amount of stress that's being put onto them and pressured pressured onto them. And, you know, it's crazy. And it's, it's, I see it both from a schoolwork thing, but then also when it comes to the sports sort of as, as they get into these older stages and they're really, they want to be competitive and stuff like that is the, is like the college recruiting process for some of these guys to, to play at the next level. And we're talking like, I mean, I can't even describe the amount of the amount of like anxiety some of these guys take on to try to get to play like some low level division three sports, which isn't, it's still a big deal. and still a great. Um, but again, like objectively having done all that sort of stuff, it's like, that's not, that's nothing it's to stress about. It's just not, there's nothing to stress over. And, and I, I am with, I'm with Gary. I like a hundred percent agree with Gary on school on school. It was actually, I have a, you know, a five-year-old and a three-year-old and, my five-year-old just just joined a new school this year, and you know we're going through that whole process of like, you know, picking out the school and thinking about all this different stuff. And you know, my, my wife was a very like, you know, she loved, she thrived in the classroom, and I despise the classroom. You know, I'm a doer. I'm a, I'm a physical person. I like sitting at a desk and being lectured to. I'd rather you know shoot myself in the foot you know what i mean and i'm not going to learn anything that way so like we had those two mindsets sort of coming into like what's going to be best for our kids and uh you know is number one just paying attention to them which also i think a lot of parents don't do with their kids they don't pay attention to their freaking kids they just do what they're supposed to do or do what they did and they're not actually watching their kid develop and evolve and 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 how how that separate person is like taking in information and what, and what makes most sense for them. And then two, what we think is actually necessary to grow and thrive in the world. And, you know, being stuck into a set track that works for a small percentage of people doesn't make sense to me. Right. So like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if everybody's following the exact same regiment, it's yes, some people are going to thrive, and then the, the, that school or that whatever is going to market those few people that thrive. <laughs> but then there's hordes and hordes and hordes of other people where it miserably fails because that doesn't work for them. And uh, it's tough because there's there's options for those people, but there's a lot of peer pressure and parental pressure and leadership pressure to push them down that track. Um, so it's it it sucks, man. It sucks. Mm. It's 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 incredibly nuanced, incredibly complex. Um, and I feel incredibly grateful and privileged that we can actually pick and choose for our children. Cause I know most people can't, they're mm-hmm. kind of, if you want an education, you're just forced down this track and it's, it sucks, man. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a broken system. And you know, there's, when I, when I think of V friends, um, which I'm going to ask you about in, in a minute here, I, there's, there's two, two huge pillars of of how i see myself uh, attaching to it uh one is this project that i'm working on now where i'm talking to people and helping tell the story of how this has come about and the origin stories and you know behind the scenes and and just the people that make it the amazing place that it is to to hang out and spend your time um so that's one and two i know education is broken and i know somehow some way that the, the characters that come from this and the initiatives are going to play a huge part in uh, wow. 
transforming the way we think about education. I hope. Mm -hmm. I hope. I've talked with Jeremy about this. I talked with him about it on my stream once on my show. In fact, it was it's like my favorite show I've done because we got freaking real. Um, it was pretty early on too that we did it. And then I talked with him at Comic Con. Same thing. Just you know, at this at this get together we had on Friday, and I just just hash this out with him because it's my. <laughs> This is a little dramatic, but it's like my biggest fear in V Friends that it becomes a click into the algorithm for more attention, but geared around kids. You know, it's like the Blippy or Coco Melon, mm -hmm. just a new version, right? I don't know if you actually know. Do you know Blippy? I'm very well educated on Blippy right. and, so, and Mika and and everything yeah. so, in between. So, there's, there's, from my perspective, again, I, maybe I'll get hate for this, but from my perspective, there's, there's positive aspects. I cannot stand Blippy. I just think he's a, not a great role model for kids because he's just like, and it's just, just yeah. totally over the top and crazy. Um, and there's also a lot of like continuity issues with the way he, he teaches, but he's a genius, right? He basically started, he understands how to get product out in front of people and he uses social media algorithms to make himself big. He's a very, very smart marketer. And he started off as a YouTube person. Now he has books and TV in multiple TV shows on multiple platforms. And he's not even blippy anymore. The guy who started it, right? He like left because he had a kid and he went behind the scenes. And now he's just mm. producing yeah. this whole entire thing. And they have the animated series yep. now yep. too. Yep. I mean, it's crazy. And to me, what I don't want V friends to become is that I don't want V friends because Gary's good at that. Gary might be the best at that <laughs> of knowing how to hop on trends and attract people to his thing. Right. So if he uses kids now, right, it, it can, you know, he's never done that before with any of his of, of anything that he's done. And he's done incredible things and raised God knows how much money and started so many businesses and helped so many businesses grow and blossom and thrive. Now you add kids to that and it's like the greatest market in the world to just boom. And and I think you and me and many other people see V Friends as an opportunity. There's a platform here to change the freaking world. Right. It's like. When it's not like I always tell people, like, what is Mickey? Who is Mickey Mouse? Like, who is he? You're like, mm -hmm. I don't know, right? He's just a guy, he's just a mouse, he's a character who talks funny, right? But people connect to connect to what you're not connecting to anything. Who's Bugs Bunny? An arrogant, cocky asshole. That's who Bugs Bunny is. Like, but you're not connecting to anything deep. And Patient Pig and Brave Bison, those characters have something that you can truly connect to. So, so. VFriends has a platform to truly change how people connect to something. And I, and I mean, I, I'm here, I believe they will, but my fear watching Gary talk and watching how he like promotes and pushes. And it, it, my fear is that that fine line of utilizing the algorithm to change the freaking world with these amazing, deep connected characters, you know, I'm hoping it moves in that direction. It doesn't just move into, more eyes, more eyes, more eyes, more eyes, more eyes. You know, you know, loud noises, bright colors, fast paced, all that kind of stuff. Um, and a lot of the times when like, you know, something gets dropped, like a little short gets dropped and I watch them like, what was that? Like, that didn't make any sense. That's not productive. That's, and it, and those things hit me and I'm like, oh, like that's, I hope that's not yeah. what's happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, because I'm so embedded in this, I think about this crap all the time because 
you know, I'm starting this movement, VFIT. It's, it's connected to VFriends, and there's a plan behind it, and it all started because of Gar- some stuff that Gary's told me. So I'm, I'm in this, and I have such deep-rooted feelings and thoughts about how people can be affected positively and how people can change it. It takes a lot. It's not just like, be brave, loud colors, bright lights, you know, that stuff like that. That's, that doesn't do anything. Right? Like, mm. like how can you, but if somebody connects to a character and, and watches that character go through processes to, to experience fear and then face that fear and overcome it. And, and, and they can see that and feel that, feel that process happen. They're like, I know what bravery means. I know what that means. I want to replicate that. I want to, I want to be, I want to be like that. Right. And it's not just shoved in your face. That's again, it's something, it's, it's why, like, I always go back when I talk with this about people, like I personally think the best, the best kids show ever is Mr. Rogers. Um, just right. It's like, it's I, I was raised on Mr. Rogers. Yep. It's slow. It's, it's, it's composed. It's calm. It's deep. It's heavy. And it, it's, it's simple. And just carries you through things very methodically and, and comfortably. And it's not, it's not loud. It's not fast paced. There's, there's always depth to it. And it, it's, it stayed, it stood the test of time as something that is, is, it truly affects young people and helps them understand things like feelings and anger and frustration and sharing and happiness and pain. And it helps you understand those things. And, and Gary has a platform to do something similar. I, I agree with a, a lot of what, what you said. I think because we are, we're so close, we, to your point, we kind of overthink it and we, we want to see it in this way. Uh, but I think what, what, and you know, the last six to 12 months have, have, if nothing else, have proved this, that V friends, we are V friends. The, com- yeah. the, the communities that now have been proved, uh, the sub-communities that now have been proved to, to not only exist, but to thrive and to make movements and waves of their own, um, that, that's V-Friends. So even in the worst case scenario where we see a, a, a video that's maybe off-putting or, or not aligned with the way we think about something, you know, you, uh, and, and the Courage Show, you could, you could clear that up. Um, yeah and you know put your own twist on it and i think that's that's the beautiful thing about everything that's happened uh, and but yeah no I, I i totally agree and i i think i think the answer is is both i think there it is going to be fast paced getting attention um you know a lot of you know it's going to be a, a even bigger business than it is right yeah. now but to gary's north star is wanting to his reputation wanting to have the most people ever at his, at his funeral into changing the world and in education, I know has always been a sore spot and he knows it's broken. And, uh, you know, he's, he's talked about physical health. So I think all of these things will, you know, over this many decades, however long it is, will be, uh, will be taken care of. So yeah. I, I just, I just need to, I just need to stay on, on, on my course, on, hoping that 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 becomes true yeah i mean um, i say this stuff and i know it can come across as me being like complaining about v friends but that's not that's not my intention my intention is no 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 i don't I, think that I, at all I, I believe in v i mean clearly i mean fucking right clearly 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but th- that's just something that I think about and like, what can, I, what can I, like you said, like I have, I have a platform and I, you know, I can, I can, and that's also where the push for the VFIT thing came from too. Mm. Is, you know, how can I, even in the slightest way, sort of nudge it in a direction that really feels right to me, you know? So, mm. yeah. So let, let's let's take a step back here. I love I love jamming, but um, let's let's jump on the timeline. When was the first time you heard the name Gary V? First time I heard the name Gary V was probably in two thousand seventeen. I had my gym in California, uh, just outside of San Francisco, and you know I had a lot a lot of like young entrepreneurs and and tech people and you know silicon valley types in my in my gym and i think gary came and talked at in the city somewhere in, in san francisco so a group of people you know i think that worked in one company went there and saw him speak and wh- one of them came back she's awesome she's holly her name is holly she probably eventually will watch this too because she's into this and all this stuff now too and um she came back and was like hey josh you got to check out this gary v guy he reminds me of you because he's aggressively positive I was like, mm. I'm aggressively positive. Yeah. I'm like, fucking be positive. <laughs> like, so I was like, all right, I'll check him out. So you know, I checked him out on social media. I was like, yeah, this little weaselly guy who just curses. I don't, yeah, he's not for me. Uh, and interestingly enough, I actually think around 2017, 2018, he, he shifted his focus. He would talk about, po- he was all about like social media and entrepreneurship and, you know, algorithms and all that kind of stuff and content. And then he shifted slightly into positivity and these thought, and maybe it was, he was in the process of writing the, the 12 and a half or whatever it might, or whatever the book was before that. But he clearly like, right as I got into him, he, he started talking more and more about the positivity, about the positivity mm. and stuff like that. So I started at first, I was just like, yeah, I mean, I followed him, but I was like, whatever, you know what I mean? But then, you know, I started liking more and more of the stuff he was saying because I resonated with it a lot in terms of how to run a business. You know, like I had a lot of other gym owners around the area who were like, you know, led by an iron fist and were very aggressive to their employees and to their clients. So I just, I wasn't like that. I, I didn't believe in that. It, it, it didn't sit right with me. Um, so I just did my thing. And then, you know, I just did my thing. And I was true to my, true to, true to what I believed in. And Gary kind of confirmed that, you know, there are people way more successful than me financially, whatever it might be, that believe in the same thing that I believe. So, so I kind of connected with him there. And then obviously, you know, and then I think my next step in connection with him was the pandemic hit and I refound my sports card because he started talking about sports cards like or trading cards. And I was like, I used to be crazy in the trading card. So I went back to my dad's house and I collected my, I, those like 5,000 count boxes. I had like eight of them. Mm. I mean, I had insane amounts of baseball cards, mostly baseball cards, some basketball, some football. I got all of them. I loaded my car up. I brought them back, started storing them, started looking into what the world was like now, started selling a few on Facebook Marketplace and eBay. Um, and that's when I got way more into Gary. So yeah, it. Like pandemic time. So I followed him from like 2016, 2017, but then kind of got into him more like 2020. And then he was like, buy some ETH and NFTs. And I was like, meh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> at that point you got you got a taste were you experiencing some i mean you said you were you were selling but did you were you experiencing enough um financial gains from his advice that you were no, blindly not, not going in or you just not, not at all not at all I, I i what i got to with him i remember i vividly remember 
when he announced the V friends project, I remember talking to my wife and saying, I believe what he says. Like I genuinely believe him. Like he's a little crazy. He's a little rough around the edges. He curses way too much. He, you know, he's a little, maybe too high strung for me or my family, but I believe him. You know, when he says, I think this is going to happen. I believe him. And I watched what he had done. I was like, yeah, he, he's not an idiot. And you know, he, he, he's honest. He, he doesn't make shit up. He doesn't force things into something that he wishes, you know, when it comes to bigger picture things, he's like, oh, I wish this would happen. You know, he's, he's not, he's not averse to change, which I like too. So, so when he was like, you know, I think NFTs and he explained some NFT stuff and, you know, it made sense to me and it, it truly made sense. And I was kind of like looking at how, how people are and how people act and how people think it made a lot, and especially with the with the way things shifted in the pandemic, of being more, you know, enclosed in your home and and trying to identify with things because it's much mm-hmm. harder to identify because you're not out there experiencing things physically. So how are we going to identify with more things? So collectibles went crazy, and it just it just made sense. Um, so I wasn't like yeah NFTs, but I was like you know I'm not I'm gonna jump in on this. This will be kind of my first big sort of you know, alternate investment in something. So let's, let's mess around and do it. And I kind of liked what he was talking about. And I liked the idea early on of what, what he was talking about. I obviously had no clue what's going to turn into the series two or the, or the, or the you know, cards, but I could see the idea. I could see the books and the TV shows and the, mm-hmm. and the theme park things. And I could see that. I, I could see that. It made sense to me. So that's why I did it. So you were be- April, May, early, early May, 21, you, you were getting your ETH, you were getting your MetaMask. Um, and this is before we even knew it was called V Friends, before we even knew there were characters. Um, were, were you checking out, were you tapped into any of the discords or at that time the... Um, no, um, um, I jumped on discord probably about a month or two after he sort of announced there was a discord because I didn't, I didn't know idea what it was. Like then once I did, then I would like learn that discord was like an alternate form of, of social media that people could go to and just like chat. I was like, okay. So that was like my first, I, I mean, I had no clue. So yeah. When he was like, join the V friends or whatever discord, I was like, nah, I don't yeah. know what it is. And then like, uh, you know, a couple weeks later, I was like, or whatever months later, I was like, okay. Or I, I don't know the timeline, but you know, a little bit after that, I, I jumped on, on with it. I'm I'm bad with remembering exact timelines and stuff, but <laughs> that's all right. I, that's what I'm here to help. Awesome. <laughs> good, 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 good. Tell us, tell us about the, the brave bison. I don't know. Okay. This is, this is, this is kind of interesting. So I remember when he kind of first threw out all the characters and was like, yeah, we're doing this Dutch auction thing. I was like, I don't know what that is, but okay. And, um, you know, I, I forget exactly what I bought. I think I had purchased like one and a half ETH or something like that. Maybe two. Cause I was like, you know, I can do this. And then we've invested a little, a little bit of cryptocurrency and we did a, a few other things as well in crypto. Um, but not a lot. And, uh, and I was like, okay, I, I was looking through all the characters. And I was like gratitude gorilla, like gratitude gorilla. I love it. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm all about gratitude. I always have been. Um, and then the gorilla was like a cool, it was a good draw. I mean, like, come on, these draw like, seriously, like yeah. <laughs> it was one of, the few right. that were like, and eh, that's pretty that you cool. Resonated with, yeah, yep. yeah. So I was like, all right, I'll we'll see what happens. I was like, who knows who's in on this? And I know there was like a delay with the with the mint drop date or something like that. And, right. Um, that was all nerve wracking. And I was watching Gratitude Gorilla go down, 
So the first day, I think the lowest one went was like 0.8. I was like, hell no, I'm not going to spend 0.8. That's ridiculous. They're going to go down to point. Some of them already, some other ones are already down to 0.5. We're going to do 0.5. Wait for 0.5. And I think day two, I think they sold out. I think the lowest it got was like 0.7 or 0.75 or something like that. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> Um, so I was like, well, I screwed that up. So then I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do now. So I was like, I was hooked on gratitude. So I was like the gracious grizzly bear, but I couldn't get over the, whatever the heck's going on here. Yeah. I just couldn't, I, I couldn't get past that. I was looking at some other ones. And I was just basing it off trait. I, I wasn't at the time thinking at all about like how they might develop. Mm. I was thinking about me. I was thinking about what I connected to both the trait and the character. Um, I ended up stopping on Brave Bison and um, Focused Falcon because I um, I liked both of them. I liked the characters. I liked the I liked the traits a lot. Um, and ultimately, weirdly, this the funny story, right? I didn't get Gratitude Girl at point seven or point eight, but I bought a rare Brave Bison at one because that's mm. <laughs> um, and right my my that says a lot right there. You yeah. you really did connect to it. Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, the conversation with my wife was, should I get two characters at 0.5, thinking maybe maybe they'll go up and I'll sell one, or should I just get this? And I opted for this, which, again, from a financial standpoint, was probably the wrong move, because they skyrocketed. Well, yeah, that, <laughs> whatever, that whatever, is whatever, true. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, but I was happy. I, I, I'm a huge Bison fan. Um, you know, I've always... I, they've never really been my honestly favorite. My favorite animal has always been a wolf or an eagle, but I've always liked bison. I like these sort of like strong, you know, powerful, confident animals. Um, and bison are definitely that. And then bravery. Bravery is huge. It connects to the, right. I couldn't get the courageous cockatoo. Just come on. And the in the the mm. series one drawing, just no no chance. I couldn't. I was like, why would you do that, Gary? Come on, man. <laughs> but bravery. Yeah. And, Thinking about you as the courageous cockatoo spokesperson is is amazing. The the, the catfish versus the cockatoo. <laughs> that would be like an actual equal. You know, no one would no one would take anything anyone did seriously. Yep. So it just couldn't. I couldn't do it. But obviously, bravery made sense. So so I picked that. Um, and I didn't have the the story with me and but in the brave bison goes like I would say. So that was 2021, right? So my daughter was like three, right? Yeah. And she was just sort of starting to experience fear. And I would sit next to her at and when she was going to bed and she was like, daddy, I'm scared of this or daddy, I'm scared of that. And, and I started this mantra with her. I said, whenever you're worried, I want you to say, I am, I am brave and strong. I am brave and strong. I am brave and strong. And at any point throughout the day or anything like that, she's like, daddy, this, or like express some worry. I was like, Adele, what are you? She was like, I'm brave and strong. And I was like, yeah. Like, and that turned into at night when we'd like turn off the lights and she'd, and she'd be like, daddy, you know, what should I do? I was like, oops, you're brave and strong. I started telling her a story and I started telling her a story about a bison who dealt with different situations and how that bison would become strong. And she named the bison, her brother's name, which is Evan. So we had this this little character named Evan the Brave Bison. I bought a I bought both of them little stuffed animals. Actually, I posted a picture of the stuffed animal on, on Twitter a long time ago, and V Friends re- retweeted it. That was like my first V Friends re- retweet, and that led 
because I was having fun with it and we and my daughter just is crazy with books, I started writing a book because I was like, this will be fun. Um, it was just for the sake of doing it because I, I, when I was telling her stories, I would randomly just rhyme stuff here and there because I just like doing that. Um, and so I just wrote a book. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I was like, hey, what if I did like a collaboration with V-Friends? you think they'd want to do that? And I was like, well, I don't care if they want to. I'm going to try. <laughs> so that's when I – that was the first time I started like pushing something towards V-Friends mm. um, and got got positive feedback with it. I actually worked with uh, with like a very, very well-established comic book writer who there was no chance I was ever going to afford anything with him. But he drew out some sketches for me and I put together like a little – I actually have it still upstairs and it's on the cover page. It says Gary fucking V on it because i thought that would catch his eye and it has like all the all the sketches and it has like the transcript of everything and a little cover letter for him and everything like that and the first time i actually went there was a another project i was a part of candy digital which does a lot of sports stuff yeah and they had a meetup in new york city and i drove to freaking new york city just for this meetup because the year before gary came to the meetup so i rolled into that meetup with the transcript being like i'm gonna i'm gonna hand this to him i'm gonna talk to him about it he never showed up whatever. Talked to a lot of cool people, met a lot of cool people. It was fun. Um, and then that's why I went to VCon. I, I hate big crowds of people. I'm actually a massive, crazy introvert, no matter how energetic I might be around people. I'm, it drains me like completely and utterly drain me. You should have seen me after the, um, the national, the, um, the live stream I did at the national where Gary was like sitting on my lap. Yeah. I was, I was gone. I was just gone. Gary was like, I'm fired up now. And I'm like, I'm going to go to, and I, I like went right back <laughs> to my hotel. And I was like, I just crashed for like two hours. I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. So it just drains me. So anyway, so I was like, I'm going to go to VCon just because this will definitely be my opportunity to give him this transcript. Gotcha. I know I've, I've told this story before, but this is like serendipity. Like you make your own luck. And I remember listening to, um, ah, shit, what's his name? Really cool speaker. Everybody always says he's like the best speaker at VCon, and I always forget his name. Um, super, super, super cool dude. Um, but he actually spoke. He was it was like the only speaker thing that I really went to, and he talked about sort of making your own luck and stuff like that. And I remember, I, 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 st- I obviously blanking on me too. Oh yeah, my God. I can't believe I, I, I watch his videos every day. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's an awesome guy. Um, right, he was like a rapper in the eighties and like all this other stuff. That was. Oh, we're thinking about different. Okay, okay, okay. Anyway, go on, go on. Um, so I actually remember. So I was, I was in, I was, a couple people that I'd run into were like, "Hey, let's go up to the ledger, ledger booth or something like that." So we walked up there. It was boiling hot. It was packed with people. I was like, "I can't. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm not going to do this. This is so stupid." And I heard like a commotion, and Gary and his like entourage was walking up to the ledger thing. I was like, "Oh shit!" And I looked back, and it was like hordes of people. I was like, "God damn it! Like, there's no chance I'm getting back through that crowd." And it was like closed off. Like that was the only way to get out was through here. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go this way. I'm going to like hop the fence and just walk through like the back kitchens and the back hallways and just get to the other side of the stadium on like the third floor. So I did that. I, I just walked through everything and people were like, ooh, and I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to walk because I'm getting out of here. And, um, and I walked all the way through it. Also, there was in the back of my head, I was like, I feel like Gary wouldn't walk past, back through all that shit. If he's making his rounds, he'll probably do the same thing. So I pop out on the other side. They're like preparing for something that night. There's not a single person there. I'm charging my phone. Not a single person around. And five minutes later, freaking Gary walks out. So I'm like, there you go. I knew it was going to happen. And I had five minutes with me, his team. And I was like, Gary, I wrote this book. I know I've like reached out to you. I know I've tweeted about it. I've emailed you. He's like, I know who you are. 
I, I've seen your messages. I get it. I was like, I just want to give this to you. You know, and I have no idea what your what what the what the plan is or anything like that. But I want you to consider. It. I want you to read it. I want you to consider it. Like this is passion. This is this is here for me. And whether I do it with you or not, I'm gonna do it because it's for my kids. But if I can do it with you, I'm in. I'm in. I, I this I, I already have a plan for a series. I already started writing a second book. I have like five books planned for this. I can see how it all comes out. I see what you're doing. Like I want to do this. He was like, we'll talk. And you know that was it. <laughs> Um, a week later, I sent him an email. He responded. We had like six emails back and forth. He connected me to Manny Gallen, who was like their head of creative, super, super mm-hmm. cool dude. I had like two or three Zoom conversations with him. He was the one who was like, hey, man, do you write songs? And I was like, I mean, I used to be in a band. And like that day, I hung up with him and I wrote that Brave Bison song. Who's that walking tall and proud? It's Brave Bison. I wrote that song. I was like, shit, I haven't done that in like 15 years. And I sent it to him. He was like, dude, this is great. <laughs> he was like, can you like make a video? So, so I made a video with my kids and that got retweeted by, by them. Um, and that's where the humble hummingbird song came from as well. So like, my favorite. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on another one now. And, uh, that's always been like my drive to connect to V friends is more on the creative side of things. And then they dropped the cards <laughs> and I was like, Oh shit, I know cards. Let, right. Let's, so, let's, let's get to that. So, Series two, uh, they, they dropped the cards uh, among uh, a plethora of amazing announcements. Uh, but the CNC box drops right to your door uh, with your series two. I don't know if you got friends list spots or any. How many boxes do you ultimately get in, that, in your first taste of it? You got six. I actually what? looked down. I forget the exact way of the, the how you could get them and everything like that. But I ended up lucking out and getting like six series twos. Out of like eight, with your book games, yeah, it was like eight opportunities to get them, and I got sick. It was a crazy percentage. I that is so that guilty. is really crazy because I, I felt so guilty. I was like, oh my god, people my god. went over ten. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it was insanity. <laughs> um, and then got six, so I got six boxes of cards. Let's go. So was it? You know, you mentioned that it was a, a childhood passion. You got back into it through Gary. Was it an immediate like, I love these things. Uh, I'm going to dive in, or was it? Uh, like like most people, just kind of a slow, slow burning. Like uh, I'll open these, cool. I'll throw it on my shelf. It was relatively immediate. It wasn't like open the first box, fuck yeah. Like it wasn't that. It was like I'll open a couple. I open them with my daughter. Go figure. The first box I open, I open, I get a one of one. And then two hundred and thirty boxes later, I still not a single one of one. And I've hit more since, but still, that's just the going. You hit like nine since. Yeah, I've hit, <laughs> I hit six in like two. But so I made, I made, you know, percentage wise, it's almost equal at this point. But um, but what I I think what happened was okay. I was very involved in the community because of my desire to to collaborate with with Gary on the book. You know, every time he did a space or did something, I like jumped on and I tried and I got an opportunity. Like I was, I was able to be pulled up onto a space and I brought up character development and, you know, book collaborations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I was able to sort of continue to grow within the community. So I was very involved in the community at my level at that point when the, when the cards dropped. So I saw an opportunity to help educate the community on cards. Because it was pretty clear within like a week, a lot of people who were active on Twitter didn't really know what to do with them. Mm. 
So one of the first things I did was I made a video on how to protect your cards. You know, I made it, I pulled up penny sleeves and I was like, here are penny sleeves and you put them in there. And then here's our, these are top loaders and you have their semi rigids and, and just did like a, you know, a minute and a half video on how to protect your cards. Um, and that ended up, you know, a whole bunch of DMS and a whole bunch of conversations and people would ask me questions. Um, and I was like, Oh, this is kind of neat. And, and that, and I was like, I wonder if I could sell these because I saw them up on, on, on eBay and all this other stuff. So I was like, I'm going to, you know, then the, then the story goes, people who know me well, as I sold two patient pigs for $25 each. Because I pulled two patient pigs like this. I, I pulled them. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. It's just a patient. Okay. I was like, oh, so, so we were like, we were like me and, and who was really early on. And I remember Lee, Lee was someone I connected with really early on blue collar Eddie. He, he was somebody I connected with really early on. We were creating the market on this shit because we were like the first people like really starting to sell. Um, the other one was Jeremy because Jeremy was not working for V friends at the time. And he was kind of like, he was doing his streams and his, his spaces and stuff like that. So he was really the more vocal person with them. And, um, yeah, I started with, oh, I can sell this stuff. And then before doing any sort of streaming, I actually started doing mystery packs. And the only reason I did mystery packs was there was a, there was a live breaker for baseball cards who, who did mystery packs. And I liked them. They were really fun. And um, I had just made a bunch of baseball mystery packs because I wanted to see yeah. if I could do it too. I was like, I'm going to send some to this guy, Jabs. I'm going to send some to him and then see if maybe I can sell baseball mystery packs. So I had just done it. I was like, I'll make V friends mystery packs. So I made like a, you know, 20 mystery packs. I, I consulted with Lee. He was like, yeah, that's a cool idea. Try it. I remember Eddie bought a couple of them and I sold them out like, bam. I was like, damn. Okay, sweet. So I made like a series two mystery pack. And I, then I started sort of establishing myself as a seller. Then I made videos on how to package things and how to ship things and all this other stuff. And then I started, people started reaching out to me and asking me questions and I started making deals. And I was like, I could probably flip my way to another VF1, which is my ultimate goal. So that's, I got really into the cards at that point. And then my oh. biggest, my biggest thing was I purchased like, I don't know, 80 something boxes. And I sold all but 12 of them for a massive profit because I just worked deals with this. With, I was like, I don't want this crap. So I worked them down. I worked them down. I worked them down. I worked them down. You know, then resold the boxes. Um, and then it was probably after that big, huge flip. I was like, and it was actually after, after I got, so yeah, I got my series one. Finally, I did the, what sent me over there <laughs> was I was trying to sell. I, I made a core set that I wanted to sell. And nobody was biting. And I remember someone on like Twitter ended up selling like three or four of the, of the tier one cards. And one morning I woke up and I was like, I'm just going to like, like auction these on Twitter. And it was like 10 AM. And I just said, I'm selling the 10 tier one cards, including the gift goat, make me offers. And because I had sort of established myself and whatever the algorithm worked, it hit a lot of people. So I got all these responses and I just started playing them off each other. And I ended up selling, and I will say this publicly, I sold the 10 tier one cards plus gift codes, so 11 cards for $4,200. Wow. Which is this pre or post VCon too? Pre VCon. This pre -VCon. is pre me doing any live stream breaks. I was, oh, wow. Yeah. I, I so, vaguely remember that the cards were so not on my radar at all. Yeah. Um, I, and I feel like that happening like pre cardboard summer is wild. Yeah. That was, a, that was like, 
a peak of sales. Like, because a handful of other people were getting some sales. And I don't think Gary was doing anything. Actually, right around, yeah, they just sort of had built themselves up. And then nothing was happening, nothing was happening, nothing was happening. And then they just sort of started coming down towards VCon. And when once they started coming back down, that's when I started doing breaks. I was like, I followed breaks all the time. I was like, you know what? I don't really know what else to do with this. I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a, a box break. And and Jeremy had done a couple with the series one boxes. Like, mm-hmm. I actually consulted with him. I called him and it was like, hey man, um, we had a we had a great conversation and and he he's just what how do I do this? I've never done it before. So I like downloaded Twitch. I was like, I don't do I do it on YouTube? Do I do it on Instagram? I don't know how to do this shit. But you know, it was like Twitch is where you live stream. So I got Twitch. I set up my iPad. And I did, I I offered people to buy. I forget what I maybe it was like fifteen bucks a pack, or something like that. And they sold out really fast, like two boxes. Like this is freaking fun. I was like pulling names out of a hat and opening the cards. I was like, this is super cool. <laughs> um, and I I think I did like I did like two or something like that. Then Tom started doing like just and we were also like just opening boxes on stream. We weren't. That was another thing we started doing on stream. So like our the OG crew, me, Tom, Lee, Jay. Uh, blue collar, RJ, um, and a couple other people. Like it was just us, just like let's let's open some cards together. And then Tom started doing like the box battles. And I think I don't know if he told the story, but from my recollection, it was RJ came on. We were just like screwing around with the box battles. RJ came on and said, "We're playing for keeps," and it was like so uncomfortable. We were all on stream, yeah. like, uh, and nobody had even met RJ. All we ever saw was we didn't know what his face looked like. And he, was, he just it's came so on, like, really gruff and aggressive. Like, we're playing for fucking keeps. And we were like, whoa, dude. <laughs> and I honestly think that, like, that I, I joke with Tom that like, that was when Tom shifted into being, like, the asshole Tom. Because he started, like, ripping on RJ for being so aggressive. <laughs> that was the birth of it. I mean, yeah, that's a cool moment. I'm pretty sure Tom was always pretty I'm an angry dude anyway. But, <laughs> but, but at least openly in the VFriends community. Right. But then, but then, you know, he was like, oh, maybe I'll sell, I'll, I'll do these box break things, these battles, the box battles. And I did, a, I did like three or maybe like five, like selling breaks before VCon hit. And then there was a VCon card night and it was like, yeah, some shit just got real. <laughs> that, that was a real moment. Um, b- before we, we dive into that and then Cardboard Summer. For, in the spirit of, of someone listening back to this or, or reading the book that, that will come of this in, in, in decades, give us the, the, the cheapest price that you bought a box for. $120. $120. Um, Which I don't think is the cheapest I've heard. I've heard somebody getting boxes for like 100 bucks. 100 bucks. They're recently, um, we're talking on November 1st, 2023. You could buy a box for about, I think, three thirty through through V Friends via Fanatics. Uh, yeah, you can like go on to Tom's stream right now. Bucks a pack. Yeah, go on Tom's stream. I think it's like two eighty five. I so was there. Will, there will be no boxes. Yeah, I mean, eventually, I still think the big thing is that there's a, that our community is tiny still. It's so mm. tiny. there's fifty five thousand boxes, which in the grand scheme of things, are, it's not a lot. No, but there's not a lot of people. Really, there's not actually a lot of people going after them. So I, I still think that like, I mean, I think V Friends just has piles of these things. I mean, just think of like Mohit. Mohit has three hundred something, which seems bananas. That's one person has three hundred bar. I mean, say that with all this crap behind me, but like, um, but that's three hundred out of fifty five thousand five hundred fifty five boxes. That's not. Mm-hmm. That's a fraction. 
So right. I still think there's a crap load of boxes out there. And we haven't even begun to scrape the surface of VFriends growth. You know, we're in it and it seems big and it's crazy. But like every day I walk outside, and I'm like, not a single person knows it anywhere no. except for the fact that blaze lives right across the street from me and he's like super into v friends but like outside of that nobody knows what the shit is like i walk around with a hat on and people are like what's that is that you know like or i wear the shirt with this on it and people think it's like my daughter's drawing of the buffalo bills because i'm out in bills country so like <laughs> you know what i mean i mean <laughs> that's how i can insult gary <laughs> that's amazing yeah um so, so yeah uh, yeah no you're you're absolutely right so you guys i both started to stream prior to, to VCon 2023. Uh, I, like I said, cards weren't personally on my radar. I know a lot of people in, in my, my V friends circles same. like we just, it was just like a, a cool thing, a cool, like added value with, with a minted V2. Um, but there was some, there was some activity at the booths. Uh, I know, you know, Gary stopping at, at uh with with lee and, and j-rob and, and scooping up some v1s had people buzzing and then card night was the the uno tournament filtered into card night was a real moment yeah. um and i think that was people's first a lot of people's first experience seeing the packs opened um opening themselves seeing a box break uh, there's some people were ripping some some series one and it was just like so much energy and you could just feel it uh, and the team was there and Gary was there and it was just like one of those special moments. Um, after that, the, the streams started to real, really heat up and you develop this on screen, uh, on, on social wavelengths, uh, rivalry with Tom. Uh, and for, for anyone that doesn't know, we have, we have Josh and the courage show here on, on some nights, some streams, and we have a teacher's collector's corner. Uh, so I would love to hear how that transpired uh, because it was, you know, you got, you guys stole the first, the first Twitter off, feed for a, a long time. Yeah. First off, I think his show is called teacher collector corner, which doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> like, what is that teacher? There's, there's missing S's. Wouldn't it be teach? It would be teachers collector. It doesn't, it doesn't it just, you know, what go figure, you know, someone like Tom, <laughs> wouldn't be able to think that deeply into things of course then I'll, he'll, he'll respond to this being like well i was the first one on their show so fuck you man <laughs> um i honest to god man i don't know where this came from i think i think that i mean it was inevitable because we're the only people doing it to start off you know, like really doing it and and we were doing it more and more so we just kind of started shit talking each other about this about our streams guys i just want to jump in really quick for a quick thank you uh, i see so many of you are liking subscribing leaving reviews for the vfam sessions podcast on spotify and apple podcast um, and i also notice that a lot of you are jumping to our new youtube vfam sessions on youtube uh, we're posting all of these in video format and i see the subs and i really appreciate it thanks so much from the bottom of my heart, let's get back to the interview. We, I mean, we like, we, we became pretty good friends before VCon. We met at VCon, got really close. And then post VCon, like just, I mean, all, pretty much daily we communicated. 
just talking about all sorts of different stuff. I remember like one of the me and him, he was like looking to buy his bowling boa thing, and we must have had like a six straight hour text chain going about like the pros and cons of of different types of access tokens and and the NFT future mm. and what it would look like once you've used up your just just so much communication between the two of us. I think just because we were out there and Tom just kind of is sarcastic and shit talks everybody. I'm not necessarily like that, but if somebody's like that with me, I'll be like that back to them. So, and I'll have, and it'll be fun. It'll be no problem. And it just sort of organically happened. And then because we were on social media doing it, just like, Hey, I'm going to do a stream. And Tom was like, yeah, it's a fucking stupid stream. I was like, yeah, fuck you. Your stream is stupid. Then people sort of like, Oh shit, Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. So then we just kind of played it up. And I think at one point when our street, like, I honestly think it was, I think a lot of it also came from the fact that like I had so many connectivity issues with mine. So Tom just like ragged on me about it. So I was like, well, if you're gonna make fun of me about that, I'm gonna make fun of you about shit. So then he came up with this idea. He was like, Hey man, can I like, I, I, I can't give it in this sort of stuff. I, I can't, I can't, you know, peel away the freaking, you know, sausage or whatever the hell the, the phrase is. That's a horrible phrase. But um, anyway, yeah, I, I think the first back and forth video we did, he made a video. He was like, he like poofed his chest out and had like a bison on his shirt and was like, you know, doing squats or something like that. He was like, Hey man, I'm going to post this to that course. Like, fuck yeah, do it. And I made some post with him being like, I just washed myself off of like 400 pounds of blood. And now I got to, and we just made that quick little video back and forth. And it just like, everyone's like, Oh shit, this is, this is that conflict. And then I think it got exaggerated or then it like took off more when he had his like blow up stream with Gary, you know, mm-hmm. and he had like a thousand people show up on that thing. Like everybody's like, it was just insane. And then, it, and then his screen broke and Gary was being the biggest asshole in the world. And Tom's response, Tom's response to that was like spot on. And then I also sent him, I, I made a video like helping him. I made like a response video, not to the, to that, but just to him struggling. Like, you know, got your back, you know, or something like that. And then the idea of like making these videos together came up. Um, which I don't think is maintainable for either of us because that's not something either of us enjoy actually enjoy doing. <laughs> um, but I, it just sort of happened organically. It just happened organically. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was so fun. And it was just, you know, it just added to it. Like for, for, for weeks, you guys were going back and forth, yeah. turning out like edited videos that were funny <laughs> and creative. And, you know, I, I I don't think there's too many people out there that that thought you really disliked each other, but it was it's just fun to have. And I said this to, this to Tom too. It was like a fun like Letterman versus yeah. Leno kind of thing. Uh, like like who, whose team are you on? Um, even though we're all on the same team, so yeah. yeah, so fun. And you know this is pre fanatics, and the cards are going wild, and you guys are like the the pillars. Like on on these nights, we're we're hopping into Josh's stream, and he's doing. Uh, battles or breaks or flips or packs or and you know teachers doing it on these nights and it was like must see tv i I say uh so so super fun and you know i i think that that made cardboard summer uh and then in comes uh you know july 2023 uh, a, a bunch of people in the community get get this email that they're invited to this tournament at the national where they're coming up with this new, new CNC game. Uh, I'd, I'd love to hear your initial reactions when you first 
learned that the game was being developed. You're going to the national, all the things. Yeah, it was cool. It, it was always no. I mean, Gary very early on said, you know, that this war game is not is not compete and collect. Like, there's way more to this game. I mean, obviously, there's more number. And the amount of times I went on Discord from like pre comic or pre national to national just to like get these big things with people like yes of course the games i was like nobody cares about this it's just war it's stupid i'm like it's been publicly stated this is it's going to be evolved enormously and just so many times it's ridiculous um anyway i I, real quick i actually posted a video at card night at not at comic con oh jesus at vcon and i made a state i was like showing everybody and i was like this is what a simple game of war can do. Like this is crazy. Imagine mm. what imagine what'll happen when it evolves. I think Andy and Adam both retweeted that one. Just like this it doesn't matter if it evolves. It's still big. <laughs> sure. Right? So having the evolution was was it was what a lot of us were just waiting for. And I liked it. Like it was it was simple yet you know, had some complexity to it that in, involved strategy because again, you can shit talk all you want about a blind box break, but you know what I mean? It's still a hundred percent luck. You know, mine and Tom's thing about who's going to win. It's just the dumbest thing in the world. That's what makes it so great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so now it's, there's a little bit more skill involved. Um, it's still, it's still luck based obviously, but um, yeah, it, it was an exciting process to, to then sort of, f- be one of the people who could go there and, and be a part of this. And Gary and the team is all there and the energy was really great and, and everybody was super supportive and it was, it was a really cool experience all around. Um, and then to see the intensity that the game brought, you know, mm. it was really fun. And ultimately the table, it wasn't even the final table. It was, it was RJ and thought wrong that had like just this insanely epic, epic battle. battle and everyone was crowded on the table and rips was like, I have so many pictures of him just freaking out with his shirt up around his face, and Gary was just like freaking out. It was, it was a really exciting thing. It was just like, this is what this can become, right? You know, like we know this is still the you know the beta version. There's still more to this game. There's still way more evolution to this game, um, but this is what it can become. You know, there's an opportunity, and that's what clicked with me. That's like literally, I went home to the hotel that night and. I probably, I don't know if I texted my wife or Dale and was like, we're doing the CCC series, the courage is competing class series that I came. I just, that we're doing this, right. We're, we're hosting tournaments where I like, I can, I can see the future in this. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to be a part of this in some way, shape or form, or I'm going to sort of become, become an advocate for this game in some way, shape or form and be a part of its growth. So yeah, it was a really cool experience to be around that for sure. And besides the thing that I did at comic con there, there's never been anything else like that, <laughs> you know, which is a, a, a perfect segue into uh, only a few months later, October, 2023, you, um, you know, at the national Gary dropped the alpha that there was going to be a presence at Comic-Con. So everyone booked their tickets and everything. Uh, but you hosted the, the first CNC tournament at, at Comic-Con. So, um, unofficial, which, unofficial, 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 excuse me, um, <laughs> just like this podcast, <laughs> but, um, talk, talk to us about that. I mean, uh, because, you know, for someone that was watching the, the stream at home for both the national and 
that I felt the same same kind of energy, if not more, for for Comic Con. So yeah. I, I'd love for you to riff on that. Um, you know, I'm sure it was a lot to put on, but just the experience of being there and then having your best friend win win the the whole thing. Oh, it was t- my, national time was my turn to shine. Like right before national, I pulled my first, my, my second one of one. And then I pulled an auto at national and I did that huge live stream with Gary at national. And I pulled two big you know, one of ones after national. I was just riding. And then, you know, comic con was Tom's time to shine for sure. Um, but yeah, so basically the night after, like the night after that official tournament, I was like, yep, we're doing tournaments online. I, I want to do something uh, live. Like this will build up to something live. My initial idea was to actually start a string of tournaments that would then basically winners of a handful of these tournaments would be the people that go and compete live or play live. Um, what I didn't factor in was that watching it online is actually pretty boring. There's some people who really like it, enjoy it, but you know, if the second you start playing compete and collect on a stream, the viewership just pooped, like, which doesn't mm. really matter. And I'm still planning to do a bunch more, but the idea of sort of that being the stream was maybe too much. So I, you know, audible pretty quickly on that one with after the first big tournament. Cause I think a, a week and a half or something like that after national is when I've hosted my first online tournament. Like that's how quickly we jumped right into it. Right. Um, that's true. And then it, probably three or four days after national, I was like, Oh, I'm going to go to Comic-Con and host a tournament. I don't know how, but I want to do it. So I started. So what I initially actually did was like me and me and Jay started talking because he had done like a little tournament thing on a kind of game that him and Lee came up with um, at, at VCon. And he was like, Oh, you know, Cass is trying to do this big party. You know, I've been talking with her. And then ultimately he was like, I don't want to, do this at all so me and cats connected and i was like i'm gonna do this i want to do a, a, a cnc tournament and um I'm just trying to trying to think of the way to articulate this um my plan was to have exactly what happened thursday throughout the process it got blown up massively because cats is a opportunist and someone who sees like the biggest possible event that can happen and that's what she wanted. Um, so it kind of shifted to that. And then that got almost too big. And and I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to let Thursday go away. Mm. <laughs> um, and ultimately what happened Thursday, and, and to Cass's credit, she her and I she was like, dude, this is way too much. And I was like, I don't care. Like, I'm doing Thursday. Um, I will support Friday, I'll do whatever you want me to do for Friday, but I'm doing Thursday. And to her credit, she she really, really helped and supported that. Like she was the one who got that venue that we were in and and a handful of other stuff too, getting some of the bigger like the CGC sponsors, stuff like that. That was her. So massive credit to her for that. But I am so happy Thursday happened. Cause feel-wise and energy-wise, it is, is exactly what I wanted. I just wanted VFAM. I wanted the VFriends community there playing this game, having fun, having a drink, eating some pizza, just chilling out, shooting the shit with each other. And it was exactly that. And to me, as unbiased as I can possibly be, I do think it was better than the official tournament because it was us. It was just Mm. us. And the the official tournament was in a bowling alley. It was just loud and crazy. And, you know, Gary needed like a thing and his voice was going away. It was... 
you know, there were a lot of distractions and a lot of stuff going on. This was in a freaking room, just us. And it was really cool. It was really cool. It flowed smoothly. We did this four-way player play that I think was a lot more strategy-based and people really liked it. And a lot of people who didn't know the game were learning it and interacting. And as people started getting eliminated, other people started playing just for fun. It, it, it just, it was what, what I ultimately wanted it to be. <laughs> um, so yeah, that it was a really, really cool thing. And Tom winning was, I mean, like, that's awesome. You know, he can go fuck himself, but it was awesome. <laughs> and then the, the, the cherry on top, a, a three-way, the first ever, I think, three-way series one box break. Yeah. Um, which I think you, you pulled the, the monster, which is fire. Um, there, let's go. And, uh, oh, what a jealous pull. And we pulled a rare gorilla. Yeah, that one was of, the best card. Those were three kind of boxes. <laughs> one, one of eight. But you know the the card aside, it, it was super cool. I mean, you have just the, you know, you talked about all the OGs and you know pillars of the community. But you know, R Rips is there, yeah. and, and you're there, and Tom is there, people, and right? J Rob, and me, J, freaking Rips, Jeremy. Jeremy's there, uh, yeah. No, Andy had left at that point. Corso, like, you know, AT's right there. Like, it was just, yeah, it's freaking cool, man. So, so cool. <laughs> Some of those overhead pictures. Um, just one of those moments that, uh, you know, you won't forget. Yeah, for sure. So, speak, before before I go into kind of my, my usual questioning, you know, we, we're in a moment now. Pins are crazy. Pins and stickers. Halloween, you know, you know the shoes, the VCon, whatever. Um, so much is popping. We also have this this vending initiative with the minis that have come out recently uh, on, a, on a stream not too long ago in the last few weeks. Uh, Gary made a comment that people are sleeping on the minis, almost like to what we talked about earlier about series two. No one really jumped jumped in to series two and, and got the cards uh, right away. Like it, it took a while for it to have its moment. It took a while for cardboard summer to come. So um, I'm curious, uh, you know, just someone sitting where you are, how do you feel about the minis and what kinds of things do you just pontificating here? What kinds of things do you think need to happen for, for minis to take the spotlight? If they if they can reach the 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 moment the cards have, I don't. I'm I'll, whatever. I'll say it. I'll I'll eat my words if if I'm wrong. That's totally fine. Um, I'm okay with being wrong. I don't think they will reach the spotlight of the cards. Um, I I think that every time Gary goes on a rant about how amazing something is. I spend, uh, you know, off and on a, a lot of time trying to break down what he's what he's getting at. Gary Gary feeds off of his own hype a lot. Like he gets excited about something and he's like, "This is the shit! If you don't buy this, you suck at life." Like he is about, and everyone's like, "Yeah," you know what I mean. And sometimes it's big, and other times it's like, "What?" Like. I remember when, when he did like the VCon one art reveal, he was like, this is going to blow your minds. Mm. It is the great. And he dropped like, everyone's like, what is this? Like no, nobody had a clue as to what it was. Nobody was connected to that artist. Nobody had a clue. It wasn't 
so, but he had hyped it to so, so big. And like the speculation and the discord, and it was just crazy. But it was like, eh, whatever. So for me, when Gary hypes something, I take a deep breath, as he would say in his wonderful, beautiful, wonderful, amazing, awesome song. Um, I took a step back and was like, all right, like, what's, what is this all about? Like, is this the coolest thing in the world? Or is this just like one thing that he's hyping like crazy so people go out and buy it? Right? Um, <clears throat> my horribly negative side with the minis is maybe they're not selling like he thought it was. So if he, if he says something like that, people are like, oh yeah, I'm going to go, buy, that's curious. I'm going to go buy a shit ton of them. Right? Like, I don't, I, I think that's something that Gary does. He's a salesman. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, the other thing is maybe there's an honest, his honest opinion is that once V friends truly hits the kid market, those will be some really fun things for kids to get into because the cards are too expensive. So they can get into those things and they can trade them and they can goof with them. Like, you know, like my kids were out for Halloween last night and got a bunch of crappy little cheap Pokemon cards. And they were like a three and five year old were upstairs trading Pokemon cards. Mm. They could do that with the minis, you know, like six and seven year olds can do that. Like, Oh, I have this, I have the pig, you know, Emerald. Will you trade it for this Emerald? Or I have these three. Will you trade for that one? People can do that. So like, I could see that potentially happening and maybe that's what he's referring to. But I don't, outside of just that sort of thing, I, I don't see them being popular like the cards. They're a, they're a lower buy-in. It's easier to get. Yeah, they're, they're fun, sure. Um, but that's kind of, that's my view of it. That's that, my view um, of it. That makes sense. That's a sensible take. Yeah. Um, we, know, we know your relationship with the bison, but is there a V-Friends character that you feel that you need to spend more time with? Um, I'm, a, I'm my, like my sleeper character is self-aware hair. Um, I think that self-aware hair, I think self-awareness is the root of all other traits, right? You, you can't, if you don't, if you lack self-awareness, it's going to be incredibly difficult to be genuinely optimistic or genuinely kind or genuinely empathetic um, or genuinely positive. Um, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be cut down with, with, with whatever self-awareness you might lack. That's my opinion on all this stuff. So in terms of like a powerful character, I think self-aware hair is a very powerful character um, in terms of its trait. My other character in terms of like what I think will be big in V friends like an investment character is Gary B. Um, you know, very lucky black cat is, is the logo. So of course it's big, but you know, Gary V said multiple times, Gary, v, Gary B is his favorite character. I mean, go figure. Mm. And I think like a TV show comes out, a cartoon, like my visualization, I said this all the time is like, you have like this, like, I don't do you, you know, Jurassic park when they, when they get yeah, there, yeah. yeah, they have that little, like that little DNA strand thing. that comes yeah. out. Like that's gonna, it's gonna come Jiminy out Cricket. Narr- yeah. he's gonna exactly. be the Jiminy Cricket, the narrator exactly. for, for all stories. Yeah. Uh yeah, he's my Gary B is my number one. Yeah. Uh I, I just think in that you know, people aren't gonna resonate with the logo. People going back to Mickey Mouse are gonna know what it means. Yep. But they're gonna love Gary B. They're yeah. gonna love that, that's gonna be yeah, and long 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 term, my opinion is that will be the most recognized character because it will be the most prominent character in everything. 
So if it's a show about, you know, with that focuses on an adventurous astronaut and adaptable alien, Gary Vee will be involved. If it's a book that involves brave bison and, I don't know, some other animal, Gary Vee will be involved. You know what mm. I mean? That's, that's sort of the way I view it. So, I, I mean, I'm not going to, like, buy a Gary Vee shirt because it doesn't mean anything to me. But that's why I say for me, I think it's like an investment character, right? Like, I mean, I'll hold on to this, that thing. I was just going to say, I, I think that's the, the grail card in that yeah. color. Oh, yeah. Holy I, shit. Like, like long term, this has been the question. Do If I sat, if I had a one of one PSA 10 black cat, which card long term would be the better card? And I mean, that's a, that's a tough right that's, now, black cat, hands down right now, hands down black cat, but long-term, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I I would choose like if you had both and you said, Rob, I'm going to send you one, um, but you have to keep it forever and you can't sell it. You can't do anything. I would choose Gary B. I really I would. Think I would too, Rob. I, I, I think I would too. I mean, I had that in a, in a rare PSA 10 cat I, I traded it. So like, but it wasn't. A, it wasn't a one of one. But still, I think I agree with you. I think I agree with you on that one. Yeah. It, it, it is a great debate, though. And yeah. to, to your point about the self-aware hair, I literally just the other day tweeted how it's the most underrated character because I was looking at those the this uh, results from that tournament that Mike J put out. Yeah. And I was like, "Where's self-aware hair?" You know what? So this is my thing. I talk with this, I talk to people about this a lot. Um, people jump on what's popular now. And what was popular when V-Friends started, right? Empathy Elephant was big. Gratitude Gorilla was big. I mean, there are certain ones that are obvious. Empathy, Ele- Empathy Elephant got big because Gary talked about it all the time. And it's the name of his wine company. And and the first wine, whatever, collaboration was with Empathy Elephant. But, like, and Empathy is a great trait. But actually, since then, Empathy Elephant has gotten zero attention. Zero. But because of that, Rare Robot was unheard of until the Rare Robot song came up. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody cared about Rare Robot. That wasn't a thing. And then Rare Robot song was the first song they dropped. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, damn, this is a new thing. We've never seen V-Friends animations or song. And that was the first one that popped up. And now everyone's like, Rare Robot. And then Gary is obviously, because he's hyping the song, he's like, Rare Robot's awesome. And then Rare Robot goes, and then it's one of the 10 scarce cards, right? But, like, Legendary Lemur is a scarce card, too, and that gets no love. Flex and Fox, you know, like, got a lot of attention with marketing. You know, it's almost a lot of like the the booth has of the in, in real life booth always has Flex and Fox. There's it's 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 a predominant character, right? So like, my big thing is to is to and Gary's talked about this is the same with sports cards. Like, look what happened with Jolly Jacko. Gary announced, "I'm big on Halloween. Wait till you see what comes up with Halloween. Halloween characters are cool. I love Jolly Jacko." And then Jolly Jacko like took off. It's like one of the most popular characters right now. Right now. But in two months, nobody's going to fucking care about Jolly Jacko. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, what are those ones that are going to stand? So, in terms of, like, collecting, like, yeah, I think it's important to think about things like traits that will be big. That's honestly, and again, I say this without being a biased bison lover. I don't see how this is not going to be a massive character. I mean, bravery is Thanks. huge. And a bison is a badass animal. Right, that's why I'm in, in all real, reality. I feel bad for like the courageous cockatoo or the compassionate catfish. Like compassion is a wonderful trait, and a fucking catfish, like really, like you know what I mean? Like how do you? It, it, so I just think there are certain characters that are combined with great with 
characters with great great characters with great traits. And when you have mm. that combination, it's destined for for popularity in my mind. Right. So self aware hair is one of them. You know, like optimistic otter, I think could could very well be one of them. You know, that sort of perspective pigeon, I think could be very well be one of them. That's sort of kind, thing. kind kudu, totally underrated, I think. Uh, yeah, but I, kind of I just still go think back kind of, to what he talks about all the time. Yeah, I mean, I think Kudu. Uh, he did say this one point. I think Kind Warrior is going to be the popular character. I don't think the Kudu is going to be a huge mm. character. I think Kudu is going to end up becoming. I mean, he said this is is going to happen. It's why they have like the Tapir and the and the Wallaby and the and the Kudu is that they're going to become representatives of where that animal is a popular animal, mm. right? So like you know the kindred kangaroo and the wild wallaby will become like the V friends national animal of Australia, Australia. or something like that, you know? So I think that that's where a lot of these sort of unique and interesting characters come from. And he said, I mean, he said as much. So like, this is, yep. no, no, that makes, that makes yeah. uh, that, that maps. Yeah. Um, amazing. Amazing. Um, real quick. I, I always like to ask this question. We're in a a community of in a sea of non communities, like Gary says. Uh, there's kindness all over, giveaways, so many things. Um, a lot of people, even even just in the card community alone, uh, just do amazing things for each other. Is there someone that you can out slash give roses to uh, that normally doesn't get them? Uh, someone that does things a lot behind the scenes that doesn't like to take credit. Uh, can you think of anyone off the top of your head? I know we could we could do five hours or something. Might be amazing people in the community, but um, curious to see if anyone jumps to the the forefront of your brain. The first person that popped in my head, and I know she gets some love a good amount here and there, um, is Tina, uh, license plate girl, art by Tina. Um, her and I connected a long, actually a long time ago. Um, she would claim that I introduced her to, or sort of got her into V friends. Like she knew about V friends and stuff like that, but I was the first person she like communicated within the community. And she is, she's been through so much. Like she's been through some crazy, crazy stuff. If you ever listen to her story, it's just bananas. And she's also has like, I mean, she, was like raised in Hollywood. She's like friends with superstars and all this other stuff, but has been through some shit Mm -hmm. and came out the other side through all of that. So every single, every single thing in her life pushed her towards just being a shitty person. You know, like most people who have dealt with the crap that she's dealt with would come out horrible. And she came out positive and energized and generous and kind. Um, and yeah, I mean, she, she is a, she's a pretty remarkable human, you know, like it's, it, that's the type of stuff that always fascinates me is, is, is meeting people who overcome certain things. And I've, I know people who've been through stuff similar to her and man, they are messed up. <laughs> right. I... And she, she comes out with, with such a bright light from all of that stuff. And it, it, it just, it, it's, it floors me. It really floors me. So she, she's a, she's a pretty amazing human. <laughs> I, I I love Tina and look forward to getting to know her more. I met her at this past VCon, um, and yes, def, definitely a bright light. 
before we get into our last segment, I just want to thank you for not only for coming on. I know how busy dad life and, you know, juggling all these these hats that you wear. So I, I really appreciate your time and appreciate, as I said at the top, just everything that you and have done for for our space here. Um, I think uh, I think you personally, and then if you open it up more to everyone else in the card community, have really helped on board and, and changed a lot of lives for the better. So thank you for that. Um, so the, this last segment is called Micro Macro Spitfire. So I'm going to rattle off a lot of quick questions. You can get super general yes, no, one word answers in the macro, or you can take your microscope out and get really um, descriptive as to why your answer is what it is. Okay. All right. So here we go. Uh, someone that's just getting into V friends for the first time needs to follow who? Oh boy. Um, I mean, definitely Gary V, obviously. <laughs> um, that's a really tough one. I feel like right now off the top of my head is a uh, house of Ren. He's doing like daily, daily, uh, trait talks. And I think they're really informative and nice. And he's, he's, he's a very informal person. And he's just like, Oh, sympathy, sympathy, you know, sympathetic squid or whatever. He just starts talking. Um, that's a good one to follow. Um, your, sorry, my screen just bugged out. Um, your grail, we kind of touched on this, your grail card. If you could keep only keep one card for the rest of your life, it would be what? Series one, one of one, Gary V, Otto, Brave Bison, that, PSA 10. Let's that go. Card. Yeah. It's a beauty. I have my grail card. I have my grail card. <laughs> you, you are in a league of your own, my friend. Uh, favorite teacher you had growing up and one reason why? Um... I don't remember his name. Uh, he taught history and he told amazing stories. I love stories. He told history through, through in-depth and sort of original stories. And I, and I love that. And he just like, just entranced me. <laughs> that's, that's a mark of a good teacher. CGC or PSA? We'll settle this. Jesus fuck. Um, for V friends card, CGC. The time machine tiny ogre can be traded for what in the future? Oh boy, in the future. Uh a series one box. Oh. Uh if if there was a new law where you had to get rid of all of your social media platforms except for one, you could only have one on your phone, which social media platform would you keep? I mean I prefer none, but Twitter. Definitely use that the most. Favorite movie? Batman, 1989 Batman with Michael Keaton. Favorite concert you've ever been to in your whole life? Ooh, wow. Um, probably Foo Fighters. Relatively recently, too. V Friends Cards Series 3 will be released when? Not for another couple years. Paper Hands Pony or the Koala of 2025? Koala. Gratitude Gorilla or Patient Panda? Ooh, gorilla. 
if a brand influencer, excuse me, what brand influencer person, whomever, if they came out with an NFT project today that you'd have to drop everything and, and go grab it? Uh, I'm not like a brand or influencer loyal person. So I can't think of one, honestly. And not, I mean, I, I like certain things, but I just wouldn't, nothing would, nothing would like make me aggressively move towards it, honestly. Would you rather have a two hour group dinner with Gary, you and nine other people or a 15 minute one-on-one? 15 minute one-on-one. I'm a one-on-one guy, 100%. (laughs) Uh, When you picked up Gary in the air, like you were going to body slam him, what did you say? (laughs) I said, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 was my my favorite. Not that, but right after that was my favorite moment with Gary. Right to, after to, that, yeah, I I've talked to him a lot at this point, and obviously, like, had him sitting on my lap and all this other stuff, and I had a ha- handful of opportunities to talk to him. That was my favorite moment with him for sure. If if. I'm going to, and I'm going to change it because I, I, my last question usually is if you could ask Gary V one question, what would it be for someone that has an opportunity to ask one question? And often that's all you have time for. What type of question or what question should someone ask them? Um, I think if you're struggling with something personally, I think it's great to ask someone you trust and look up to a question that, that could, that could help you. I think that's really important for me personally, the question, I always want to come up with a question that hits hard. I don't want like a, Hey, what's your general goals with V friends? No, I want something that's like, that's challenging. You know, my, my favorite question I asked Gary was where the hell is the fitness? I know you believe in fitness and there's all of this awesome positivity, but there's not a single character that represents health. Like, deep health and how can you be a patient kind optimistic empathetic human without without taking care of yourself first as a healthy person and he you know he agreed that that is the basis of everything is being a healthy person is the only true way to really deploy or however he does it deploy or whatever the fuck he does deploy all these traits right <laughs> that's you know the healthier you are the easier it is to be able to do that um and he didn't have an answer for me. And again, I've said this a lot in my live stream, and this is where VFIT came from. He slapped me on the chest and said, you do it. And I, I, literally, looked at him, yeah, I literally looked at him and said, okay. And that, we took a picture and I walked away. <laughs> that was it. And, and you are. So for, for those uh, for those of you out there, I, like, uh, like myself, that see VFIT, love it. Um, what's... Can, what would you tell them, A, why to participate, and B, what, are your, what is your vision for the VFIT movement? VFIT is everything I see in the fitness influencer community is a response to that, which is we see health and fitness as an extreme. We are, we're not educated on health and fitness. We don't, te- we don't learn it in our schools. We don't learn what it means to eat properly. We don't learn what it means to fuel properly. We don't learn what it means to sleep properly, hydrate, recovery. Um, it's, it's just not taught. And then what we learn on health and fitness, thanks to social media, is the extremes. 
extreme diets, extreme exercise. We're motivated by people like David Goggins, who's like, motherfucker, run 7,000 miles, you're weak, bitch. You know, stuff like that. And I love that dude. I actually talked with him a long time ago before he got super popular. Um, and I like that he motivates people, but that's an extreme. And V-Fit is what I represent in fitness, which is how do we get realistically everybody to understand what it means to be healthy? It doesn't mean running a marathon every fucking day. It doesn't mean dropping everything you've ever known about nutrition and going on a carnivore diet or going vegan. It doesn't mean that shit. It means small and few incremental changes in your life that can create a habit so that you can then, that can just be embedded in your psyche and in your soul for the rest of your life. And that's how fitness happens. And every true person in the fitness industry who is there to change lives, not there to make billions of dollars and get 7 trillion likes, that's what they teach, is these boring, super simple, small, incremental things that can become habit. And that's what VFIT is. So the way this is starting is every single day, I will post a simple, basic exercise that someone who hasn't really done anything besides maybe walk between their bedroom and their freaking bathroom could do. And, and it can scale up. This is how I ran my gym. Every In the CrossFit world, everything was like, here's your workout. Let's scale down to people who suck. And 90% of the fucking population was down here. Mm. So it was psychologically crazy. I came in and I wrote everything for this person. And then you can scale up. So if you're extreme, be extreme. If I say do 20 squats, do 500. If I say go for a five-minute walk, go be like Ron and run a 100-miler. Awesome. I applaud you and I freaking... I love it, right? But the focus needs to be on these simple, basic things. And it's not about being shredded. It's not about, you know, it, it's about being a little bit healthier. It's about not having an obesity epidemic in this country. It's about not, not having a crazy, insane high rate of metabolic disease in this country, right? Like, like diabetes is just common. Kids with prediabetes is common. That is fucking crazy <laughs> so the best way to get people to change those things is by just having these small incremental things so right now it's every single day these really basic basic uh basic exercises and challenges you can do uh slowly starting more mindset things i'm gonna slowly start some nutrition stuff and become the new year we're gonna be doing new year i'm gonna drop the alpha right here rob this is gonna be the first alpha on this here we go january 1st is not a it's not you know, a new year's resolution. It is a program to incrementally change your habits towards health and fitness. It is a 60 day program. It's going to be introduced to V friends. It's something I've done in the past. I call it 60 strong and I'll probably just call it 60 strong again. Um, it is actually back in the day, my response to 75 hard, which is again, this extreme fucking bananas thing of like, you know, do this or else, or else quit. And if you miss one day, you're out. Go fuck mm. yourself. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, seriously? Like, I'm like that. So I get it. <laughs> but 99.9% .9 of people aren't like that. Mm. So which means most people who do that fail. And what happens when you fail? You get discouraged. Yep. And you go eat a bunch of ice cream. So actually, for all the people that 75 hard helps, I guarantee, I can't prove it, but I theoretically guarantee that way more people fail it. And it actually hurts more people than it helps. That's such a good point. And yep. so true. 
Yeah. And, and I've seen, I see it all the time. I see it all the time as people go extreme because that's what they're promoted to do. I'm going to go on this extreme diet. I'm going to go, I'm going to go crazy in the gym. And, oh, I haven't done anything in months and months and months. I'm going to go for, I need to go to the gym for two hours or people hold themselves back because that's what they think they're supposed to do. Right. Because that's what people do because of that's what's popular. And my thing is, nope, you're going to start by doing four things and it's 30 minutes of some sort of activity a day. It's follow some form of nutrition plan. It's drink a certain amount of water and it's give yourself a certain sleep window. It's not sleep for eight hours. It's give yourself a sleep window. And that's it. What can I add? No, don't add more. Prove to yourself that you can do that for, for 60 days. That's two months. If you can prove you can do those four things for two months, then add something. But everybody's so fucking eager to go all the way to here, to all the yep. way to 10. Right? And I'm like, prove to me that you can just do that you can do 30 minutes of movement a day for 60 days. And most people can't fucking do it. <laughs> so let's not worry about here. Let's not worry about 10. Let's worry about one. <laughs> one day at a time. And it, it's it's so fucking true. Um boy, all right. Alpha, you guys have it. 60 strong. Well, It'll be, it'll be 60 maybe 60 50, strong. maybe 55 strong, 55. Yeah, we can do 55 strong. Just uh, cut it back. Five, <laughs> and, five you know, days. On, on day 56, don't go eat a freaking cake. That's not what it's about. You will have created, you have created habits where every day you wake up, it's part of your fucking life. That's what it's about. And that's what V friend, that's what V fit is evolving into is a, is a, is a place where people can feel truly supported at their level to change their habits towards, towards being healthy and to get educated and get supported in that manner. I love it. I think for anyone, maybe for anyone that completes the 60 strong, maybe they go into a raffle for the, uh, one of one Gary B card. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I had to float the idea. There, there'll be all sorts of cool stuff. And I, and I have plans for VCon um, and, and, and the VFit thing. And, you know, my goal here is, is again, all, all online fitness programs that I've, that I've all these people I talk to, which it's about like how many people can I get in? Because if I can on, you know, if I can bring in 2000 people at $20 a month, it's going to be this. I'm like, yeah, but what about a program that helps people? Even if it's mm-hmm. five, I actually had a, there was a very, a very popular ex-football player, NFL football player, who I was friends with, who started a program. He retired from football, um, on the cover of all these, some magazines and all this other stuff. And he started a, a program that was like that. And I called him out. And uh, I remember I called him out. And his like business partner called me. We had a bunch of conversations, and I ran into him at the uh, the the Arnold Classic, a big, huge bodybuilding competition. And I walked up and I was like, "Listen, dude, like, I didn't. If I, he was like, dude, you you like." I literally like shut down for two days and I had to completely reimagine my entire life after your email to me. Like, because you were right. I was focusing on how much money I could make off this program. I wasn't focusing on helping people. And I was like, I I didn't, I mean, he didn't say that. He didn't respond to my email. So I was like, I don't know. And I was so proud. I was so proud. He, he actually now does it really, really, he's like, he got really, he now does like a, like a religious male, like for, for men, like finding yourself and, and, you know, through fitness and emotions and all this other stuff. And he's still a wacky, crazy dude who like bleaches blonde's hair and all this other stuff, but he's moved towards truly genuinely helping people. 
And even if I played 1% role in that, I, I feel so good because it, it pisses me off when it's not about, it's not about the message. It's about the, the, you know, it's about the likes and the hits and the views and the money. Mm-hmm. It's got to be about the message. So for me, I want to try to find a way to do that for VFriends. You know, it's not about me getting 10,000 people paying me money. It's about me getting 10,000 people moving. Even if it's free. I don't fucking care. I want them moving. I love that. I love that. Um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing it um, progress and transpire and evolve um, into 24 and beyond. Uh, such a cool movement. I, I, I'm i such a sucker for falling in love with all these little micro movements and some communities that, that stem off of the the larger umbrella. So yeah, it's cool. Um, it, it is super cool. Uh, Josh, again, thank, can't thank you enough. Um, thank you for all that you're doing. Obviously, planning on continuing. Um, and yeah, we're, we're all better for it. So appreciate you coming on for a, a jam session. And uh, yeah, can't wait to talk to you soon. Rob, I appreciate it so much, man. Thank you. You're, you're by giving me and others a platform like this. And it's great. You know, more people, you're, you're, you're a massive part of this. You and Shells are just a huge part of how this community grows and you have your little, your little plugin and it's freaking awesome, dude. And I, I'm honored to be a part of this. Like, seriously, I'm, I'm happy that I could be on here. I, I, anytime I, I want to make the time for it. I really appreciate it, man. Awesome. Appreciate you. Thanks, Rob. VFAM, thanks so much for listening to the end. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider uh, subscribing to it, writing a review, following us on Twitter, and subscribing on YouTube. Uh, Your support means the world, and can't wait to see you at VCon.